understanding that the people that follow you on social media, they already like you. You don't have to try and be something different to convince them to buy a product from you. What's up? I'm Brad McCallum with Calgary, Alberta. And I'm Bob Tompkins out of Anderson, South Carolina. And this is the Bob and Brad Show. Hey, welcome back to the Bob and Brad Show. And today you guys are in for a treat because we're going to be debating four of the hottest topics in real estate today. And I can tell you right now, Bob, I am someone who's pretty good at debating. I'm a great debater. But from what I've heard from Bob's high school friends is that he's a master debater. All right, so let's get right into it. The first topic, Bob, is going to be talking about organic reach versus paid. So a lot of people struggle with this idea of, do we actually put some advertising dollars behind the posts that we make, right? Um, Do we go totally pure? That where we say, listen, we just, we put our stuff up online on YouTube, on Facebook, we never hit boost, and we really try to capture an, an organic audience, or do we actually put some cash behind it? I know I struggle with this all the time, because I wonder about, is this gonna screw with the algorithm? Is this gonna, mess up how many people subscribe to me on YouTube or how many people follow me on Facebook. Uh, What's the deal? What do you do? So um, I know uh, we both have pretty strong opinions on all four topics that we're going to be talking about today. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to the organic versus paid, however, that might be the only one that I'm not extremely hard one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I lean heavy to the organic side of this, but I think that there's a paid aspect to it that that you can't overlook and you can't, I mean, you can't ignore it. So for me, I mean, using Facebook more for on my end, it, it, it's one of those things that, uh, the algorithm doesn't exactly hurt you if you use that boost button or if you dark post. Sure. And so this is kind of getting back, I think a little bit to our discussion we had with Sharon last week. He talked about how he pretty much destroyed his Instagram account by buying followers. And so when we talk about paid advertising today, we're not talking about buying subscribers, buying followers, um, or, you know, paying for fake views on any of our content. What we're talking about is taking original content that we have created and asking the programs to then distribute it throughout the different uh, platforms, right? To more of an audience and hopefully a targeted targeted audience, right? Because ultimately, um, if you're a realtor, uh, you're going to be someone who's probably got a lot of realtors that follow you. And a lot of those realtors are probably not in your market. They might someday be a source of a referral. But ultimately, I know a lot of my videos are probably 80% consumed by, you know, other agents and, you know, around North America, whereas, you know, one in five views might be coming from my actual market. So I really want it to show up in my actual market. But Facebook these days, it's pretty much pay to play. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I think it also depends on what the purpose of your videos are. Yeah. For the agents that are trying to sell a house, they're, they're creating content to sell a product. Those things, I mean, if you're marketing it to other realtors, especially if it's realtors in other markets, 
you're not benefiting your client or yourself. So that organic reach from a business page or from a personal page, if half your friends are realtors, it, it doesn't really do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if your primary focus is personal brand and you're not trying to sell a product with that, then you know it, it, the organic reach doesn't hurt you as much because you're, you're building that persona. You're not trying to sell a product. So yeah. it, it kind of depends. I mean, if, if you're having to sell a product, then spending that money um, to get it in front of a specific audience is very important. So I don't want to cross over into some of the stuff that we're going to be talking coming up or one of our next debates, which uh, I think is a little bit stronger opinions. We both share on it. Um, mm-hmm. But what I will say about paid advertising, right? is like we pay for all these other forms of advertising all the time, like everything from client gifts to physical print and get Google ads and people buy Zillow and all these different things. Uh, so when we think of our, 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 our content that we're producing and we want to get it out to a wider audience, um, I always think of it in terms of the hours that I invest into it. So if I'm going to put a couple hours into a shoot and then, you know, two or three more hours into editing it and then getting it all out there, I, I mean, it's worth four or five hours of my time. And so every agent's going to have to decide what is, what is your time worth? But I almost guarantee you that if you want that video to be seen, and you're not paying for it for the average agent, you're just not getting the exposure. The four or five hours is a waste unless you put in another hour's worth of your time into an advertising budget. $50, $100, a couple hundred bucks, whatever it might be. Yeah, but I, th- I think the, that part of this kind of drives back to the type of content that you're creating. Because if, if you're creating something that is not fun to watch, yeah. then it is not going to get any sort of organic traffic. Yeah. You're going to have to pay for it. And then the question is, are you actually getting good engagement if the video sucks? Yeah. So here's, that's exactly, that's the point. And I was talking with, with uh, this, I was talking about this with my buddy, Ken Posick uh, the other day, um, because a lot of agents kind of struggle with this idea of it. But the reality is, is uh, it, if you want your content to be seen, the more, and it doesn't matter necessarily the quality of it. If it's entertaining or, or engaging content, your advertising dollar is going to go three or four times further. Right. Right. If it's, if it's not good content, if it's boring, if it's poorly shot, if it's a cell phone, shaky cell phone video through a home and you want everyone in your neighborhood to know you got a new listing coming to the market. Well, right. Facebook knows that that's a bad experience for one of their users. So they're going to have to run that through an algorithm of, is it worth the risk that someone watching this on Facebook is going to leave Facebook after watching this content? And so they're going to charge you way more for that same distribution. And so when it comes to to the content we're making, uh, we always have to think about how it's being received. And I think something that you do that I think is really, really smart is you actually, don't you oftentimes wait until you see if, if the content's really starting to pop off? And once yeah. you know it's popping off organically and you're getting that engagement, then it makes sense to throw some dollars behind it because you know that those dollars are going to stretch all that, all that further because, because people exactly. And, and one of those examples, and I'll use a video that I put out just like three weeks ago that I'm about to put advertising spend behind, but I haven't yet. I created a, it was, I mean, it was a joke. 
like it was real it was called realtors in quarantine good one showing like, like the way real estate agents act when they're quarantined and my following on my business page on facebook is right around 5200 people and that um, video, the organic reach reached over 40,000 people. So that tells you <laughs> if, if that's the following I had, it had to get pushed out and shared. And then Facebook had to put it on news feeds. People mm -hmm. were reacting to it. If it got that sort of traffic, if I put money behind it, I'm going to get a very good bang for my buck as opposed to putting out one of my videos that maybe only reached two or 3,000 people. Yeah. So that's actually a really good point. Um, I, I know I've made this mistake a lot of times where I fall in love with a piece of content or a message or something that I think is that I, I put a little bit of my heart into it and I really want everyone to see it. And then mm -hmm. you, you press upload and then you press refresh and then you press refresh and you look at your phone and there's no notifications and nobody cares about it. So you cannot fall in love with a piece of content because the only judge of whether or not it's good or worthy or entertaining is the audience. And so if you try to take that content then and throw some money behind it, you're just going to take that same bad response or that same low engagement and, and magnify it. They're just more people are going to see something that they're not, that they don't care about, that they don't find relevant to them. And so like my, my wife and I, we created a little vlog around making dinner. And it, it, we, you know, we did about, we got maybe about 350 organic views on, on YouTube, which is not a lot for my channel by any means. And we got a little bit of engagement from it. But the big thing was, is that people just, it was not what they subscribed to my channel for. So it might be a piece, a, a part of a bigger puzzle, like a content puzzle where people who see our listing videos and who, who see some of our silly jokes in our videos, and then who see my family making dinner, it might be part of them feeling like they know, like, and trust me more, but it's also a really good indicator to me that I'm not going to spend too much time on my channel creating that kind of content because it's, it's just, and it's definitely not something that I want to go and boost because it doesn't resonate. doesn't lead to leads. It's, it's more of just a little puzzle that someone's going to find when they go down the rabbit hole of like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, this guy's like this and they watch four or five of your videos. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think we covered it, man. So like organic versus paid, it's not a really simple, uh, it's not a really simple equation. It's going to come down to what your goals are, what the content uh, piece is. But ultimately, I think if you were to distill it down to one rule is if people are engaging with it on an organic level, your advertising budget is going to stretch really far. So you're going to yep. have a lot of success with it that way. So now this yep. next one, Bob, I, I like this one. Um, because, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Sharon. And last week we had this talk about cadence versus quality. He said, you know, just because he posts more than me, he'd get more views and all that stuff. And because I'm such a fan of Sharon, and if you're listening, Sharon, apologies for this. I just didn't speak up. And I should have. Because uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, it's, to me, it's not as clear that cadence versus quality uh, wins. Uh, there's another, another guy, Neil, made a great post on Lab Code Agents this week talking about how uh, just get out in front of your camera, just talk to your audience and, you know, forget the idea of the perfect video. It's just paralyzing you. It's stopping you from growing. So let's talk about this win, this quality win. I'm going to come in hot on this too. Yeah, do it. Get I it. completely agree with Sharon on this. And I think it's the one thing you do wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to come in way hot on this. 
cadence is so much more important than quality of the video because you, you're not going to, you're not in front of people if you're only putting out one video a week, one video every two weeks. You're just simply not in front of them. The way the algorithms are worked on all social media platforms are that if you are in front of people and they are engaged with you on a consistent basis, you're going to show up at the top of the feed whenever new content is released. Cadence only helps quality when quality is put out. But quality, you know, it doesn't really do anything unless you have the video, the wealth of videos to put out to people. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I, this is where I, I kind of disagree because mm-hmm. there's this, uh, there's this article or this popular blog post called 1000 true fans. And uh, it came out, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. And a lot of like gurus and people talk about this and it's the concept behind it is that you, people mistake this idea of celebrity with you need millions of views. You need to go viral. You need to do all these things. But in, in reality, most people, you actually need a much smaller fan base. You just need a thousand true fans and you can pretty much go follow your passion. And these are people who will watch every video you'll put out. These are people who are, are like they're ride or die Bob Tompkins or ride or die Brad McCallum. They want to work with him. They're invested in you. And then they're going to actually spread your name around. And so the, I think the challenge for me is, is, and I think one of the challenges that we're seeing right now with COVID and the pandemic, for me, I believe really strongly that as agents just get more comfortable with cadence and pressing record and the courage of just putting themselves out there, there's going to be this absolute flood of garbage, of useless, unengaging, uninteresting content that's coming from the real estate market, like we've seen with all the other forms of advertising that's came from real estate, that it's all going to be washed away. And so in my opinion, I would rather have less views, but from higher value viewers. So for me, I just need one or two developers or homeowners to see my IGTV that looks like fire, that looks like nothing they've ever seen a realtor produce. And that's going to generate 10, 20, $30,000 in income for me in a year. So if my goal is to be in front of a large audience of realtors, uh, you know, every week and sharing my opinions and my thoughts and stuff that way, or just in front of my market and talking about what store I'm at or this or that. Yeah, that's definitely one attraction model where you're going to get people who just know you, like you. Then the other, the flip side of it is if you want to actually do business, like you want to do real business where people are calling you up, they want to work with you. They want you to represent their company. You want, they want you to be their media department. And what that means for you is that you're going to pick up five, six, seven listings from that one person. In my opinion, I think there's a huge, a huge um, advantage to having that distance between what you're putting out and what the rest of the world puts out. Now, I, I still like, I, I still do my stuff on IGTV, which is obviously not produced. It's just me talking. I get, I get a lot of engagement from it. IGT or not IGTV, IG stories. That's how I, um, that's how I kind of just engage with people on like a real casual level. I get a lot of return from it. And I think if I didn't have something as low risk as IG stories to, to put out, I probably, I probably would struggle to maybe resonate with more people. So I think, I think that's mm-hmm. part of the, the puzzle, but that's where I, I think like you're like Neil, uh, Neil, I think it's Neil Dinga. He, he'd said, 
you know, about that one perfect, perfect video. And you and I have talked about this, like one video is not enough and two videos is not enough. And like, it's really important to be releasing regularly one to two videos a week. And in some cases you're three or four times a week. Well, and not in some cases, pretty much every week I'm three to four videos a week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so here's the thing, and this is the difference between what you're saying and what I'm saying. Yeah. You're saying that if you put out quality, high-end quality, you know, once a week or once every other week or whatever, that you're getting in front of a very loyal, albeit smaller group, a very loyal group that's loyal to the level of content that you're creating. Sure. The problem is, let's say there's 10 days between your videos. That's 10 days that your followers have to forget about you. My followers don't have that opportunity because I'm top of mind because of the sheer amount of content I put out. I can, now, I'm not saying that you go, Bob. I'm not saying that you come in here and you press this little live button on your phone and you get a you know <laughs> shitty quality video. Yeah. On a scale of one to 10, you would rate a three or maybe the context yeah. of that video, it's a two. Like it's just, there's no point to it. If you're doing that, then that's, that's not good top of mind awareness. Yeah. What the big point, and I think that Sharon would agree with me here, both, of, both you and I have a high quality camera that we shoot yeah. on. We do good audio. We have good lighting. The We're difference is, yeah, the difference is you'll spend eight hours editing a video. I'll spend 30 minutes. Yeah. Because I want to get it out. You want it to be perfect. So the difference is I'll put out four that on a scale of one to 10 or maybe an eight, seven or eight. I'll put out four, seven or eight videos that are, that are high. I mean, they're good quality, but they're not the highest level. You'll put out one ten. The average consumer, they know yours is perfect and mine's not, but they don't see a huge gap. No. What they do see is they see me four times a week and they see you once. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying. Uh, and I, it's not that I disagree uh, on, on volume, like getting close. And so this is why I would say having, I have to work around the idea of being like perfect with the content that I release by creating systems that allow me to, to release more. So like having a home studio, um, having good lighting, having a good camera set up, having the cam link set up. This allows me to sit down to the computer, the computer and not waste time on the, the, the setup, the visual, all that stuff, which is important to me. And mm -hmm. it does make a difference. Like even in my bomb bombs and everything else, people notice that little bit of extra and not to the point that it's going to convert anyone, but it's definitely something that if for me who wants to have a very polished brand, like that's, that's sort of presented in anything that that's going to live forever. Cause I really heavy on, on YouTube. I want that stuff to look good. So I, I find that I've been introducing more systems so I can get more, more stuff that has the quality of a 10 out. It might be an eight or a nine and not quite, uh, not quite like, you know, dial in as much. And, and to be fair, I don't spend eight hours on a video. normally I do spend some time though, sometimes now and then, um, I've just found that yeah. you actually don't need to have some, you don't even need to have 50 incredible videos in a year. If you can do five or six that are really noteworthy, like that are really exceptional, that you can build a business off of that. Mm -hmm. And so 
my my argument around quality is is just purely is just purely that the distance between you and your competition, um, like your personality, Bob. I would I would watch you know the the, the buy with Bob show. I would, yeah. I would watch you just because I find you engaging. And most of us and most agents that are out there, you know, they're not that comfortable on camera. They're not as comfortable in their own skin. And so just putting stuff out there in my mind is just not, it's just not enough of a differentiator in your market. Cause I got 5,000 agents here and each one of them are slowly kind of shifting to video and I want every agent in my market. And so I apologize to a couple of agents in our market that watch this show but I want my agents in my market to see my stuff and say, nah, nah, I don't even want to get on video. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to look foolish compared to what Brad's doing. Like I, I use it as a deterrent for other agents. <laughs> well, see, so we have the same, we have the same mindset there. Yeah. I know that the seven or eight, the, on a scale of one to 10, that seven or eight level video, if I'm putting out four of those a week, anybody else, if they even try to keep up with that pace, yeah, they're like, I can't do it. They're yeah. like it's it, it's just too much. So both of us are looking at that the same way. You perf- you create these perfect, beautiful videos, and people look at it and they're like, "I can never do that." Mm-hmm. But then people look at the sheer volume that I put out at the level that I put it out, and they're like, "I can't, I can't keep up." Yeah. So they, we we had we had the same mindset, which is overwhelming the competition. Yeah. You know what? I think when I started this business, I read a book somewhere that said like, oh, you, you really want to be a listing agent. And so I just noticed that all my all of my content, everything was driven towards either attracting more listings or trying to sell the house uh, through like a really cool video. And just so as a byproduct of that, because we've had a lot of success with it, I, I'm so focused on that. Whereas in my mind, I guess I probably struggle with that idea of like, if I start doing uh, you know, like a beer of the week. Okay. Let's be honest, like a cocktail of the week. It would be, yeah. That'd be more of my, my speech. Uh, scotch of the week. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I just, I, I, I think like who's watching this with me. Right. But anyways, I, I, I give it to you. I'll give you, I'll give you this one. I do think cadence is cadence is important. And it's something yeah. that I'm trying to do is just get more content, more content out. That's, uh, that's good enough. Yeah. Good enough. Well, I mean, I already, I already know it's not going to be crap. Like it's, I already know it's going to be great. We're very, we're, I mean, that's where we're different probably more so than anything else is you follow way more of a a Ryan Serhant kind of, you know, mindset behind content. And I follow way more of a Gary Vaynerchuk style of content. It's I'm, I want to put as much out as possible and you're whatever you put out, it needs to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably right. All right. All right, guys. I think you guys all heard this probably transitions well to the next topic. Yeah, it does. So the next topic it's hat versus hair. Okay. So if you're wondering what this means, I got the hair, Bob, wears the hat? Who's right? Who's wrong? How do we present ourselves when we go in front of the camera? And how do we want to brand ourselves in front of the world? Right. Right. And so that's, I think that's the big challenge. Now, Bob and I have, uh, I would say pretty distinctly different approaches to this. And I, I tell you what I have, but I'll tell you a little story about my very first interview when I got my real estate license. This is back when I thought, 
you actually would go into a brokerage and they would interview you to see if if you were a good fit for the brokerage. I didn't realize yet that <laughs> they hire everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I went into a I went into a brokerage, not a Remax brokerage, and I said I sat I, I showed up in a suit, and and I was like I don't know this is what a businessman would look like, and even though. My entire life prior to that, I owned a seven-figure renovation company, and I never dressed like that, even when I went to expensive calls. Uh, for some reason, I thought, well, I'm going to act like someone who I'm not. And the guy that I'm meeting with, he's a top agent. He owns a brokerage worth tons of cash, and he's just, he's just there in jeans and a t-shirt. I felt like an idiot, <laughs> like mm -hmm. a complete idiot. And it started to be down this path of kind of trying to figure out like, how do I present myself to the world? What do I wear on camera? And I think you are someone who's so like, you're so yourself that you don't even have to, you never have to think about that part of it, right? When you're creating content, right? So what's the benefit of the hat? So I'm going to kind of backtrack just a little bit and tell a story yeah. the way you did. Yeah. When I first got started in the business, you go back and look at my original headshots. Okay. I've got my hair done like you, my beard's extremely clean, and I'm in a suit, full suit, like, mm. I mean, pristine sort of Can you cleaned please up. Post that, post that in the Facebook comments when we this episode. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the comments. But like, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable. And for the first probably year and a half of my real estate business, every time I interact with somebody, the thing that I heard the most is I'd hand my business card to someone. They would look at it and they'd look at me. They'd look at the card. They go, this isn't you. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like I began to feel like a lot of my um, advertising was bait and switch. I was advertising that I was this professional, like cleaned up suit and tie sort of person. And then when you meet me, that's not who I am. So for me, it was way more of like, I'm not going to, get up every morning and try and be somebody I'm not to appeal to a clientele. I'm just going to start putting out exactly who I am to everybody. So now my headshot is me in a hoodie, completely different. I mean, it's a complete shift. And when people see me, they're like, okay, this is the exact same guy. The yeah. hat, you know, I mean, I'm wearing a golf polo today, but this is about as ever dressed up as I ever get. It, it really conveys, a, you know, this is who I am. This is my message. This is what you see is what you get. Yeah. And I'm not going to have to try and do something special for a video that I'm going to do. I don't have to worry about getting ready for two hours or however long it takes to look like you. I don't have to do that. Like, I can just get in front of the camera and press play. Listen, my hair, hair care routine... <laughs> It's like five minutes. Okay. No, seriously though. Uh, I, so here's the, here's the thing though. Um, uh, there is this, I, I think to your philosophy though, is that, and for anyone watching who has any debate on, you know, how they should dress, how they should look, whatever they should do. Um, I'd say probably maybe it depends on the market that you're in a little bit or what the expectation of your clients might be, but even that's probably overthinking it. It's mm -hmm. probably just comes down to like, what's a, what's a, a clean presentable version of yourself? Cause whoever you are, that's the one that's going to resonate with people. Because remember, everyone always says that, you know, like Tom Ferry says, you know, people work with who they know, like, and trust. 
Um, Ryan Serhant, actually, he, he always says people don't want to work with real estate agents, but they love to go shopping with friends. Like yep. love, love to go for a beer with friends, love to go shopping with friends, love to go hang out with a friend. So if you're not comfortable in your skin or what you're wearing or how you're presenting yourself, um, it's going to be a challenge. And I see this with a lot of new agents, especially with maybe younger agents who just, they don't quite know really who they are yet. They're still thinking of like, well, they read the success books and they, you know, and they watched all the success vlogs and all this stuff. And so they're like, I really got to put these power quotes out on Instagram of, you know, about rising and grinding and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the challenge is, is that no one believes it. Like if you're, if you're struggling as a new agent, um, like just get out and be real with people, be real with like your clothing, with how you're talking about the struggles in the market, what you're doing to try to, to do it. That's going to resonate with people. Well, and, and this is like, a, a, this is a topic I bring up all the time with people is everyone that knew you before you were in real estate. Yeah. Sees through the bullshit. <laughs> they, they know, like they know who you were before. So if you start putting on a suit, acting a different way, like they know that's not you, they know it's not authentic and they're not going to want to do business with you yeah. because they are like, no, this is fake. So then you're having to market to a, to people that don't even know who you are and hope that they pick you because you look professional. Yeah. Like it's a ludicrous mindset because it, it literally pushes away the people that might have used you in the first place. Yeah. So for me, like everybody that, that knew me when I was a bartender or when I was in college, when they meet me now, they're like, oh, it's just the same guy. Like yeah. there's, there's nothing different. They're comfortable with me from the get-go, which makes converting them into clients so much easier. Yeah. You know what? And I, I've been noticing for myself, uh, you kind of, the longer you do this, the longer you put yourself out, um, it's still hard. I like, I still have a hard time after two years of creating content and being in front of the camera, just being comfortable. Right. And I'd say there are a whole bunch of reasons for that. Right. Like I remember I always joke about this. There's this kid, like I remember sitting on the bus on a field trip in grade five, this kid looked back at me and he's like, your chin looks like Bart Simpson. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> right. And I was like, and I don't have this big, this big, strong chin. I'm not a really tall guy. Uh, I'm missing a tooth over here that because it's not an essential service, I can't get, I can't get fixed. <laughs> so there's, there's all these things that we like hate about ourselves or that you, you, that you notice about yourself that no one else knows that no one else cares about yeah. at all. So it's always a struggle kind of finding out where you want to, where you want to be. So what I've figured out though, is that the only person you can dress for is, is yourself. And, and a big part of me feeling professional is being slightly clean cut, like not dressed up, not dressed up, not in a suit and tie, something like that. And I rarely wear a sport jacket because it just feels like, come on, a realtor in a sport jacket. Like it's just, it's been played out. But, but the thing is, is the more comfortable I've, I feel, I think just it's, it's been a game changer for being able to put my best self, self forward. And I do want to also dress a little bit as a, like for my client. And so like, I'm not sure what it's like in your area, but, uh, but is there a respect thing? Like, do you have to consider like who you're meeting all well, that side? I mean, so much of where I am is, is blue collar jobs. Like yeah. there's a bunch of plants. Um, there's, you know, a couple colleges, there's 
tons of restaurants. I mean, it, we don't have big corporations in Anderson, South Carolina. It's just like the corporations are in the bigger cities. They're in Atlanta. Yeah. They're in Charlotte. There's a few in Greenville, but they're not here. Like they're not where I live. So the average person, you know, works swing shifts, works 12 hour shifts, comes out with rubber all on their hands or, you know, grease on their body. Like, yeah. So for them, like this is what they dress like to go to church on Sunday. Sure. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm, you know, so I'm relatable to them. If I wore a suit and tie, I would feel so high class to them that they wouldn't feel comfortable working with me anyways. Yeah. So I think that's the other thing then it comes down to, it's not maybe the hat versus the hair, this debate. It's probably the hat or the hair or mm -hmm. whatever makes sense, you know, for you. If it's like uh, workout gear because you meet your clients at the, at the gym, yeah. <laughs> right? I think like the, if, the biggest thing with this is just being true to yourself and, yeah. and also understanding that the people that follow you on social media, they already like you. Yeah. You don't have to try and be something different to convince them to buy a product from you. They, they accepted the friend request. Yeah. They already like you. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've seen Sirhant always say uh, that he dresses like he were, he'll wear pseudos of a sign of respect uh, for his clients. And I thought, Oh, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense, except I'm going to a $400,000 listing. He's going to a $40 million. <laughs> I think there's a different expectation there. There is. Sure. And I mean, that, that's the thing. If you know, if, if I got a phone call and you know, Bill Gates wanted to come look at a house in Greenville. I'm probably wearing a suit for that showing. But how disappointed would he be if he called you? He'd be looking for you. That's, that's probably the thing. He'd probably you know be looking what? for he, you and you to be you. He, a lot he, of times too. Might, yeah, exactly. He would probably have called me for me to be me. So that you shouldn't change what you do at all. Yeah. Yes, anybody. I, I think the final message then is that the quicker that you figure out who you are and what you're most comfortable in, that's probably how you want to present yourself to the world. So then here's our last topic then, Bob. Facebook versus YouTube. Now, I have had, uh, I, I mean, I'm on both platforms and I know a lot of say, a lot of guys say you should be everywhere at once. Uh, why do you, why do you focus so heavy on Facebook? What, what, what advantages do you see there? So Facebook to me is, is very community focused. Yeah. Um, and I, my Facebook, I'll say there's two communities in which I'm very involved with on Facebook. One is my town where I live. That community is, is one that I'm very involved with on Facebook. The other is the Remax community. I'm very involved in that community on Facebook. Well, one leads to referrals and one leads to brand awareness and client referrals where I live. So, you know, being able to build those communities, build those followers, it's, it's very organic. There's shareability to the post is what I call it. You have that ability to hit share. Mm -hmm. um, there's much higher interaction, uh, much more engagement as far yeah. as likes and comments to be able to get to know people on a personal level. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily people that have to hit subscribe to, in order to see my stuff, I can seek people out and add them as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I agree. My, my challenge with Facebook is uh, I, I love Facebook for one thing. I, 
but I just, I don't think I get clients there. Might get referrals. I definitely get, I shouldn't, like I got a referral last night from an agent in British Columbia. So Mm -hmm. uh, I get referrals from Facebook. I do my business though on YouTube. Hey, you got a, you got something going on there? No, I'm, I'm just, I'm counting on my big board. Yeah. To see how many of my clients I got from Facebook. 26 clients on my board that came from Facebook. Which is, okay, so this is, this is a good point here. So I get a ton of business from YouTube and I focus a lot on my YouTube channel. And, and the real reason for that is because I don't do any other sort of lead gen. Like I'm on Facebook, I'm in different real estate video focus groups. I'm not as active maybe in my local community, but being in a city of a million people, it's, re- it's really hard unless you can make that your full-time job to run a local community here. And I've seen a few people do that, but no agents successfully keep it going. Um, my focus has been Instagram and YouTube. And I get a lot of business from both of those. And so I can kind of go down the list with each of those of picking up developers and individuals and buyers and sellers based on the content. And the reason I like YouTube is, is probably be, goes back to the cadence over quality thing. And the reason why is because like on Facebook, you need cadence. Mm-hmm. Like if someone scrolls past that video once and you go back to try and find it, man, forget about it. Like it's, it's hard, right? It's not linear. It's an, it's, you're always filtering it through an algorithm. If you pause for a second on the video and didn't click, Facebook's like, great, let's don't serve him up that. He didn't want it. So they go on to the next thing, right? And so if you're not posting two or three or four times a week on Facebook, you're going to get lost. You're definitely mm-hmm. going to get lost. So on YouTube, the difference is, is you can create one piece of content that resonates in your marketplace and it can live for four or five years. And so if you're going to take it really from a quality approach, like the idea of like, okay, a little bit, you know, like I'll produce less content, but I really want it to, you know, stand out from the other content that gets produced, which is there's 300 hours per minute get uploaded to YouTube. So you really need to have something that's exceptional on YouTube. If you want it to get seen, YouTube looks favors things like watch time and engagement and what people do after the video. So there's all these metrics that they use to determine whether or not that video is a good experience for the user. So for me, I like the idea of unlocking that algorithm because if you get a few videos that pop off there, I've got one video that's just, it, it gets watched every day. I made it 15 months ago. It gets watched every day for almost an hour and 45 minutes. Wow. And so for me, I think, okay, it's great. Uh, every day people see that cool piece of work. And so, yeah, it took six or seven hours to edit that video. But every day, uh, it's it's getting watched, and so I love that idea of YouTube. I love the idea that it's a search engine, and as people are favoring video as their form of uh, their preferred form of media to consume, Google is realizing that. Now, Google is obviously the number one search engine on earth, but it owns YouTube, and it's starting to introduce YouTube search results into people's Google queries. So you search, oh, like, how do you, you know, like, I want to live, I want to move to Anderson, South Carolina. Well, there's going to be videos on that first page of Google. If you want to get to first page of Google with SEO and everything else, forget about it. It's not happening. I've got 10 years of agents in my marketplace that have spent 10, $15,000 a month 
on their SEO. So that's not happening. But if I create one cool video, I can upend 10 years of their work because YouTube knows or Google knows that people are having a good experience with that video. So I love the idea that your content can live forever and generate leads. Like I could stop, I could not make content for three months. You're dead. You're dead in the Facebook world. In yep. YouTube, I'll have hundreds more subscribers, thousands upon thousands more views and still be getting leads. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you have that ability to be able to step away because of YouTube, but you can also see that pretty much every idea each of us has is based on the platform that we yeah. use. Yeah. The, the more cleaned up look versus the unpolished look, the cadence versus the quality, it all yeah. kind of comes back to what platform we use and what audience we're trying to appeal to. Okay. So then a bonus question yeah. for you, Bob. Yeah. Bonus question is, is what platform rules them all? Well, I mean, my opinion's Facebook. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be on Facebook. Yeah. And I, you I know, in my opinion, my opinion, like I love Facebook. That's where I, that's where I talk to people. That's where yeah. I make real connections. So I love Facebook for that. I love YouTube for its searchability. I like Instagram for the ability for me to, to just do the unvarnished, like the just day-to-day -day IG stories. Um, yeah. So people see that, that side that you share more, I think on Facebook. Um, but uh, one thing they struggle with and that uh, I see a lot of guys putting this stuff out, like, and I'm not going to name them. I won't name them all, <laughs> mm -hmm. but there's a couple like really well-respected guys that they, they throw this comment out into the world. Um, guys like Gary, like you should be everywhere. And I, it just drives me insane. I just think it's just the worst advice. Like, just like, just like telling an agent, like who say decides, Oh, I want to shoot listing videos. And then looks at one of my listing videos and decides, uh, well, I'm not going to do one because it won't look like that. It's right. like, you know, it's like people generally in your, in your, in your gym, they put a picture of like a ripped dude as inspiration, right? They don't put like the guy who's five pounds lighter than you and say like, listen, that's the goal you should be working, working towards, even though that's a step, that's a step along the way to get there. I don't think you should be everywhere. Neither do I. I mean, I, I think that you should, you should find the platform that fits not only your personality, but your style. Yeah. And that you should double, triple down there. Um, now, granted, the platform has to make sense. Like for YouTube, there's people of all ages on YouTube. Yeah. Facebook, people of all ages on Facebook. Instagram, people of all ages on Facebook. I mean, on Instagram. Yeah. TikTok, there's it, young kids. You don't need to be on TikTok. You didn't say it. Why'd you say TikTok? We're, TikTok... Tick, no one's doing business on TikTok. No one's doing business on no TikTok. One's doing Anybody business that on tells you they're all, they are is full of it unless they're selling like candy to children. So we've gotten to the Bob and Brad versus the world section of this yes. uh, podcast to, fi to finish it off. Listen, I feel strongly about TikTok and I'm going to be, I, I'm very comfortable being proved wrong here in a little bit. To me, I, I think TikTok is Vine. I, I, when you got Vine, when Vine was popping, People were like, Vine is going to dethrone Instagram. Vine is going to dethrone that. And yeah, I get lots of great Instagram posts came from stuff that's created on, on Vine. But I'm like, well, then why are you there? Like, mm -hmm. just create, like, why? It all takes time. Everything takes time, you know, to have a strategy that's going to win on any of the platforms. So, People are like, look at this. 
10 second TikTok that got 5 million views on Facebook. Okay. If I'd have just created a 10 second video and put it on Facebook, it would have done the same thing. It didn't have to be a TikTok. No, didn't have to. No, TikTok, TikTok is going to be a flash in the pan because the moment they start to put a ton of advertising in it, people are going to get off the platform. Yeah. I mean, I, think, I just think, I think uh, there's all these great institutions, like these businesses and stuff that we all said, like, they will be around forever. They're never going to change. Like right now, Ford Motor Company is paying 10% interest on loans to stay open. Like mm-hmm. it's a very real possible possibility that Ford might not be around in three or four years. Like it might not. Right. We there's all these different industries that are constantly changing. And the idea that a 15 second mimicked karaoke dance uh, platform is going to upend like a real social media platform like an Instagram, Facebook, I don't I don't see it. Well, listen, I mean, Brad, do you use Snapchat? <laughs> No. You want to know why you don't use Snapchat? No business gets done there. Well, not just that. Facebook saw that the stories worked. Yeah. And said, we'll just do that. Yeah. So what do you think Instagram's gonna do? Because Instagram Facebook's not Facebook is not in a position to really copy TikTok's like algorithm. Yeah. Instagram can create a short video portion to their platform and you're not going to stay on TikTok. We already, we already see that with the IG filters, everything that made Snapchat kind of fun. You can do that now. You can do that now on, on, on Instagram. I mean, and it's pretty bad. I remember about a year ago reading an article about like Kar- the Kardashians and they were saying, Oh, it's so sad. Like I never go on Snapchat anymore. No, right. six months before that, that would have been insane to have heard. And so, when did, and when was Snapchat big? Like, I mean, granted, yeah. Snapchat has a decent, I mean, they, they do a decent amount of ad business, mm-hmm. but Snapchat was huge in like 2012. Mm-hmm. We're only eight years removed from that. And they're base. I mean, they're, they're not a topic of conversation anymore. No, no, I, th- I, I don't doubt that there's going to be these things like there's, there's like TikTok is a lot of, in my opinion, you can put some stuff out there and you can have, you can have some success on it. Um, but it's kind of like just a shock on shotgun blast into the air. Maybe you hit a bird, yeah. but if you aim like the, the whole challenge with all of this, our marketing is that like we talked about in like the first or second episode is we can only spend 15 to 20% of our time doing it. So if that's the case, then how targeted do we need to be? Like how intentional do we need to be with our message? And here's the other thing with TikTok. Like we already talked about cadence versus quality. Yeah. Okay. On YouTube, if you're putting out one video, high quality every 10 days, you can build a page Mm -hmm. doing that. On Facebook, if you want to build the following, you need to have the cadence, in my opinion, of a minimum of three videos a week. You know, so you need, I need to be putting out videos almost five times as often as you are on YouTube. On TikTok, you, you, you're not, you lose that top of mind awareness even faster. People see you for 10 seconds and then you're gone. Yeah. Until your next video gets posted. You have to be putting out like three to four videos a day. Yeah. Who has time? Like, how are you going to create those and then still do business? Yeah. And there's, and the reality is I've seen some of the TikToks that do really well in 10, 12 seconds. And I'm like, 
these guys set up like a little marble trail throughout their, I'm like, this is, this is like a day's worth of work to, to create one 10 second video. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a, that's useless that agents shouldn't spend some time there, have some fun for recreation, but like, but it's useless and but don't, but don't skip spend what time it there. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. If you're trying to build massive distraction. business and uh, hopefully, yeah, this sets up like a great debate with some of the, the real TikTok fans out there. And I know there's a lot of guys that love it. Listen, Bob, yeah. I think we went, we went a little long again, but whatever. I enjoyed hey, whatever. It. It's good conversation. And it's true, man. You are a master debater. I am yeah. the best yeah. of the best. Yep. I, I could never take you on. I think the only person who could beat you is yourself. That's probably true there, Brad. Thanks for that. I love you, buddy. I'm sorry. I love you, All right. <laughs> hey, listen, man. That's a great episode. Looking forward to next week where we may be actually bringing on a guest. we have that lined up yet? I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't have my list in front of me. It's either next week or the week after.